Hello, this is Elizabeth Mower, president of BEI. And I'm John Brown, the founder of BEI. Each episode, we take you into the world of exit planning, sharing the stories, struggles, and opportunities of business owners and their advisors. We'll get into this episode's conversation right after this. As an advisor, you have the technical skills to assist business owners in exit planning. However, few advisors know how to package the process and use it to drive the demand for their service. Learn how when you attend an upcoming bootcamp workshop. Visit exitplanning.com forward slash bootcamp to see the latest schedule and to register. That's exitplanning.com forward slash bootcamp. Don't miss the opportunity to take advantage of all exit planning can offer and to set yourself apart from the competition. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for being here today. I'm here with Paul Kalra. Paul, you're an advisor in California, and you spend a lot of time working with business owner clients, so I'm looking forward today to hearing some stories that might help us. Thanks for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Good to be here. And if there are some experiences I have acquired over the years, if I can share those with the people present here today, I would love to do that. Great. Paul, you and I have been talking lately about some of the client work that you've been doing. And we were having a conversation earlier about, about the idea that uh, sometimes it's our clients who didn't do planning, even when we wanted them to, that teach us the most about, about the benefits of planning or the consequences of not planning. And, and you shared with me a story about a client that didn't plan and what happened with them. Can you tell, can you tell me about that again and tell me, you know, how do, where do you, where do your clients come from? And then, and then if you're struggling to, to get them moving or if they're resisting planning, then what, what kinds of consequences have you seen from that? I think that's something that we can all learn from. Well, uh, actually this is a client. I had talked to his parents, his, his mother who was the last to go, some changes that she needs to bring in in terms of the succession planning. She, I knew she was planning to give away the business to the, all the four children but only one was involved. Okay. And I'll tell you more about that in a moment, but here's what happened. After that experience, and and by the way, she did not follow my advice, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. She said, oh, well, I have an attorney working on it. Okay, but attorneys go do only so much. They might have set up a contract that the business goes to all the four children, but that's not the planning that we do. Mm -hmm. And... uh, in any case, what followed afterwards, after she passed away, has actually given me more reason to be emphatic with clients, in a, of course, in a, in a very polite way, that they have to do something, not just, I just don't go there and tell them, let's do some planning for, your, for the succession of your business. Now I actually feel how things can go awry in their lives, the children's lives, if they don't do something. So there is some uh, depth to my conversation with them now, because mm-hmm. I feel it, that is the wreck may be waiting to happen. <laughs> and it's so, a big wreck sometimes, so right? Here, exactly. I've seen it, and that actually has taught me a lot. Uh, so here's what happened. So this lady actually had a nice business. This client has a franchise for the whole county on one uh, printing mm-hmm. business. When they got the franchise a long time ago, they were the sole uh, company, 
Later on, they expanded, and anytime somebody opened, wanted to open a franchise, they went through them. So big revenue coming in. And uh, one of the sons was involved in the business, three others were not. Okay. One of them was a nurse, one was a professor, and fourth, I believe, was an engineer. Okay. All four very, very bright kids. I know uh, all four of them, and uh, the son who, with whom I have been working for a long time, just like his mother, I, I believe they all have pretty high IQ. I, mean, okay. the, I think maybe inherited from parents. Mm -hmm. So as time went on, mom passed away. Four children inherited the business equally. The son, in her all, her good wisdom mother appointed him as the trustee okay. of the trust that they had set up. Over time, the son knew that uh, he has to be very fair, keep all the books and everything very clean so that there's no question from brothers and sisters whether everything's being handled in a fair manner. Mm -hmm. So he actually told the accounting firm, make sure all the books are neat and clean. And over my meetings with him, I could also sense that he was very, very honest about dealings with his brothers and sisters. Time goes on, he found that every time he wanted to acquire some equipment or if he gave him a, himself some increase in salary, mm -hmm. there would be issues and complaints from brother and sister, hey, why are you buying this stuff? Or you, you're, you're buying a car so that you don't have, you're actually buying a car with our money. Mm, so the money question is, should be coming decision. to us, sure. this stuff going into your nice car. Okay? Mm -hmm. So it became a nightmare for mm -hmm. him. Every time he had to answer, every little thing he did for the business, he had to answer to the siblings. The siblings. Mm -hmm. Turns out that slowly and slowly he felt his hands were tied about anything he wanted to do. If he wanted to hire more people, then to, there were questions. And they also, his brothers and sisters also started to feel that he is not really... Uh, being honest with all the money that's coming in. Maybe he's siphoning up money in some ways. So he told them, look, come on over to my office, check out the books. They are all there for you. Mm -hmm. In spite of all his uh, conversations with brothers and sisters, that here, everything's all open, they kept suspecting there's something not quite right. So the fears the children had, the siblings made in their own mind, doubts they created their own, their own mind, actually start to destroy the relationships, mm. okay? Uh, the sister actually hired an attorney to go check things out. Okay, attorney comes and they find out everything's all open. As time goes on, now sister says, sell the business, we want our money out, okay? So the son says, the brother says, look, there's nobody to buy the business because, well, Firstly, we won't get the value for the business that it's worth. At the same time, hey, this is my livelihood. Right. Okay? And so he said, I'll buy the business from you. Now it turns out the brothers and sister, they are trying to overvalue the business. Mm -hmm. So now the, this client of mine, he's in total jam. As time has gone on, I've seen the total attrition of relationships among the four of them. Right. They don't talk to each other. 
the the last time when I met met them, he says, "I don't think my sister is sister. She is like my enemy. Mm. If she can hurt me in some way, she will." And brothers don't talk to him either. Okay, that's what by not having a proper uh, succession plan, that's what happened. The relationships right. got destroyed, totally destroyed. And also, he feels he could have done a lot better for the business if these roadblocks were not coming. Right, and I've seen that also with clients where there are two or three or four children and only one of them is working in the business and the one who's working in the business is a tiny bit resentful because everything that they do seems to be for the benefit of these other people who aren't even there. And then the people who are not involved in the business are resentful or skeptical uh, because they believe that somehow their right to, to something is being is being interfered with or damaged in some way by the person who is there making poor decisions, which may or may not even be true. And I've seen that many times over. And, uh, and I'm really not very supportive of business owners either intentionally during their lifetime or after their death sharing ownership among what you know what we would call business active and and non-active children have you ever seen that work out well I just don't think I have a very good example of kids working in the business and other kids not where everybody gets along perfectly and respects each other I don't have a lot of examples of that do you or do you find that it pretty much always goes badly you are so right actually i had never seen any situation where things worked out good right and looking back this by the way this happened about seven years ago mother's mother passed away seven years ago and over seven years the relationship relationship has got destroyed Mm -hmm. business has increased but it could have increased a lot more and this is what the damage to the business because proper succession plan had not been set set right. up before. And actually, I had talked to mother. I said, let's sit down and discuss how we can equal, you can equalize the inheritance to all the four children and yet get the business to the child who is actually involved in the business. Mm-hmm. And uh, she somehow felt the business, which had been the family for 50 years, she felt she wants all the children to have, enjoy the fruit of their business. Mm. Okay. My counseling perhaps should have been more forceful sure. and should have actually taken more time with her to tell her what can happen if she does not really follow through with the, my advice of separating business uh, from other children who are not involved. Because the son who is working, you're right. He feels the same way. Yeah, I'm working away and yet sharing profits with them. And I share profits with them and yet they complain. Right. Yeah, I'm working for their benefit. It's very difficult dynamic, and uh, and I think and I actually I see both sides of it. I don't I don't have a judgment about it. I think I see, I see how the son who's working in the business might feel, and I also see how vulnerable the children outside of the business might feel. The family has decided through the mom that everyone is to participate, so that is the expectation that has been created, and then for that to for them to not be able to feel secure in that, I think is difficult for them. And so uh, it's not really right or wrong, it's just the way it is. And we think you know, these family relationships maybe could have been preserved. So if, you know, if tomorrow another client comes into your office and has two or three or four children, some of them are working in the business, maybe three of them work in the business and one of them doesn't, 
uh, and mom or dad or both are saying, okay, well, you know, we have these other things we want to accomplish right now, so we probably can't deal with the ownership of the business. I guess they'll just have to, the kids will just have to work it out. Then I suspect the next this next client who comes in tomorrow and all the clients you've dealt with in the, in the meantime, you have a totally different conversation with them now, right? Totally different. In fact, my goal has been actually I've been doing it when some client of mine says, you know, my brother, my children, they all love each other. Okay, so they'll work out fine. And I actually put them in a real life scenario to project the future. I said, put yourself in the same situation. Let's suppose you were one of the children and two others, you have brothers and sisters, they had inherited the business. Okay, and you were working away. Mm -hmm. How would you feel that you're working away to pass out the profits to the brothers and sisters, even, even after you give the profits to them, they still complain. And every time you want to increase, your, give yourself a salary increase, okay? They don't feel right about it. They think you are, again, uh, taking money away that's rightfully theirs. Mm -hmm. So I don't say it all in one long breath, but I put them in a short question format. Sure. Put them in a, in a scenario. Mm -hmm. Or many times I ask him, let's look at another family which has four children uh, in the family and one child is running the business. Sometimes when they see from outside mm -hmm. in right. and they're able to more objectively see how things might go if they inherit, if uh, when parents pass away and the business is given to one child and he's sharing profits with others. So when they see from outside, then they start to see things in a better, clear light. And what kinds of things would you do? Let's say we can go back in time and we're having a conversation with the mom and she says, you know what, Paul, you're right. I probably should do something about this. Then what do you think would have been the likely outcome? Not, not outcome, but what do you think you would have most likely put in place for her? Was there, was there a good alternative to this shared ownership? Not every family has something else to divide up among the four kids, but where would you? Where do you think that would have gone had you been able to convince her to take some action? What do you think the plan would have looked like, most likely? Firstly, I would have tried to educate her in the. Uh, to, to, I would try to take her away from equalizing the inheritance mm. to perhaps more fair distribution of the inheritance. Somebody who has helped you build the business. The son has been with you for twenty years. He's helped the business. Okay, business perhaps would not have been where it is if he was not part of the business. So let's be fair. So if the business is worth, say, $10 million, then out of that, you have to ascribe certain portion of business as his anyway. Okay. That business might not have been worth $10 million if he was not part of it. So let's say his contribution has been worth maybe 30% of the business. Mm. So that leaves about $7 million. Okay. Now, at $7 million, you want to distribute equally among four children, okay? Now, you could divide the business among four, the problems arise. Now, other ways, let's look at your other assets, where we may want to take other assets, which are non-business assets, put the more weight on those for the three children who are not involved, involved in the business. Let's suppose those assets are still not enough to equalize the inheritance of $7 million. Remember, $3 million is already been assigned as 
the earned equity right. of the first child. Sort of the sweat equity, okay. right? So $7 million, if it's not enough to divide equally among the four children, then what we are going to do is perhaps buy some life insurance mm -hmm. on mom mm -hmm. so that uh, there's enough money coming from life insurance to go to three children right? so that all of them so that the fourth child can maybe get the business. And I think you made a good point, which is that once you've carved out the sweat equity for the child who's working in the business, that child goes back into the bucket to make four children to figure out what's fair among in an allocation of the $7 million of business value or wealth of the family that remains because that child is then just part of the children kind of inheritance pool. So this 30% of sweat equity doesn't exclude that child. And I think you're absolutely right. That's the way I would do it too, is that they don't, they don't get kicked out of all of the other family wealth. They get their part that's connected with the work that they've done and the value that they've, that they've contributed to in the right. business. And then they go back into the general kind of family pool for traditional planning that says, okay, there are four children. I, as a parent, would like to take care of them in a particular way. And how can I make, you know, use what I have or things that I can acquire in order, to, in order to accomplish my goals for all four of my kids. So I think that's probably the way I would do it too. And I think you're right that you know, for each of our, each of our future clients, the, the, the story of another family is a very powerful way to sort of shine a light on these issues. And, and it's probably true in the case of your client that those four children did get along pretty well before all of this stuff happened. It, you haven't said anything about this family being in complete disarray and everybody hated each other from the very beginning. It tend, these, these issues tend to degrade those family relationships, as you explained. And, and so I'm hoping that the story that you tell here today and the story that you, when you tell it to, your, to the rest of your clients has an impact and causes some some movement because it doesn't take that much it's not that hard right to do the planning Correct. it's not complicated it's just necessary to make some decisions and get it done and so that's the part i think it, that maybe clients feel like there's a lot to do or it would be difficult but but the way you're explaining it the uh it wouldn't have been rocket science it just would have been some pretty simple planning that could have preserved preserved maybe some family relationships, which is right. in many yeah. cases the most valuable thing that they have, even yep. beyond the business, right? So right. So right. Actually, I use this, this particular example to explain to my other clients, of course, I don't tell them what type of business it was sure. and all that. I don't want any hint of any kind. But in general terms, a client with a business, that's how I try to tell them. And that, by the way, I have had a couple of other situations which are not different very different from this one. So I use one or two examples to really educate my prospects, new prospects who perhaps don't want to make the move uh, of proper succession planning uh, now while they are alive. So I use these examples. And most, many times actually, they have finally, finally worked. It mm -hmm. may not, they may not make a move the first time, but I have found when a spouse is sitting too in the, in the meeting. Okay. It actually helps a so lot. Let's get everybody involved in the yeah. conversation. Everybody thinking about the possible outcomes that we're looking at. 
and then deciding to maybe just take a few basic steps to avoid maybe a big explosion. Right. So when right. I when I ask him when when your children are 50s in their 50s and 60s, do you want them to love each other or do you want them to hate each other? <laughs> Very right. basic question. Okay. And I bet I, I bet the answer is the same pretty much every time. Right. I said by not taking the steps today, you're sowing the seeds of friction later on. Agreed. Is that what you want to do? Mm-hmm. And most times mothers don't like that. No. Okay. So th- that's when they start to put pressure on the husband. Hey, let's start, start talking to Paul about these things. Okay. Well, I appreciate you sharing that story. One of the goals of this series is to you know, share our stories and hope that you know, advisors and business owners and people everywhere will hear the stories and maybe view things a little bit differently, maybe take a step forward that they otherwise wouldn't have taken, uh, and and maybe improve the outcomes. When you tell this story, if one person hears it and changes an outcome in one family business because of that, well, you've got five, six, seven, ten, twenty lives that are affected by that. So That's I appreciate so you coming in and and sharing your story so that maybe we can maybe we can improve outcomes for some others so thank you very much thank you for the opportunity be glad to be here okay thanks for listening join us for our next episode for more content like this please visit exitplanning.com